0: Hello, I wanted to share with you observation on Parshish Noach that I mentioned in my show on Shal Shuris. The two cedrus of Breshis and Noah, Genesis and Noah, are very mysterious. It's hard to decode exactly what they're trying to say. In Hebrew tradition, we call this Miseh Breshis, which means... That this is mystical. And in other words, what exactly happened during the six days of creation and things like that. But I'm going to leave that aside and just concentrate on one of the very mysterious episodes in Parshish Noch. And that's the Migdal Bavala, building of the Tower of Babel, Which, again, is very obscure and very suggestive. Uh, what it says in the Chumash, of course, is... That the people said, "Haba nivnolanoir, let's build ourselves a city of Migdal with a big tower, Rosh Hashemayim, reach all the way to and Menaslan Hashem will become famous. Pen the fruits up in Arts. So they want to build a big tower to reach the sky. Or am I right? Am I translating the word Shamayim as sky? It's not clear. Um, if they mean the sky, where the clouds are, they're pretty dumb. On the other hand, if Shemaya means something different, then perhaps we have a, a very deep story. The Chazal, trying to get at the story in the Rabbah present two statements that I found, very striking, in explanation or trying to explain what was going on. One of them says as follows, Amru. That since there was a flood and it took place 1,656 years after the beginning of the world so it must mean that's part of the natural order every 1656 years the sky sort of gets weakened and that's not good so they interpreted the flood as reflecting the fact that when you and I look up at the sky, it's really like one big sort of curtain or rakia. And since rain comes out of the sky, that must mean there are little holes or something where the water penetrates through to get to you and I down on Earth. But every once in a while, like you have a bad roof, the rakia is mismotate, that the sky develops some kind of weakening, shaking, as we would say today, got a big leak. And that explains the flood. Somewhere, the, a big hole tore in, in the sky, and the result was a catastrophic flood. And so what we have to do is deal with this sort of like a roofer. Uh, let's make some um, big pillars to hold up the sky. Achas mitzofem, viachas midor V'zeh shakan, al and we'll just think you would have a good, uh, like I say, a home improvement guy, a, a roofer. He'd say one uh, pillar or beam should hold it up in the north, one in the south, one in the west, and we'll handle the one they lived in, the in the east. We'll, we'll do the one in the east. And the result is that there won't be a leak because this way, the, if the water egg ever gets too heavy on the other side of the rakea and it threatens to rupture or if the roof, so to speak, the Rakia is not able to hold the water, the beams that we put up will enable it to do so, and that way we'll be spared another flood. And this is, as is always the case with the Medrash, based on a close reading of the text of the Chumash. It's not just a bunch of stories. It's actually very interesting, the way the Medrash works. I'm a Medrash person. And it talks about Bahia Hare'a Mambul, that this all took place after the flood, and just imagine, if you were living at that time, in the generations after the flood, you didn't know what we know today. And so you'd say, oh my goodness, every time it rains, here we go again. And They probably uh, gave people nightmares and freaked them out. And the Tower Bubble, therefore, according to this interpretation, represents what would be in those days an intelligent attempt to grapple with the science of all this and try to build a tower to hold it all up. Of course science is all wrong. The story that I just told you is a very primitive one. And it would reflect the fact that, hey, we're talking about 4,000 years ago, and this is the best they could come up with. The problem with that interpretation is that if that's so, why does it say that God was scared? And he said, uh-oh. They started something. They started something. And if I don't stop them, then nothing will prevent them from carrying out their designs. What does that mean? Is it going to build a tall building and hold up the sky? That's uh, very primitive. And therefore, it doesn't seem to be the plain meaning that I just read you from the Medrash. This is, uh, seems to me the problem with this interpretation. Very interesting. And uh, that caused us to look, or caused me at least to look, at the other statement I found here in the Medrash, which says as follows. Dora Plug Amru, the generation of the Tower Bubble, of Babel, said, It's not fair for God to choose for himself the upstairs, the heavens, and assign to us downstairs the earth. We don't like that. We want the heavens too. Let's build, work our way up there. Let's build a big tower. At the very top of the tower we'll put an idol of some sort, an image. V'nitin which will have a sword in it. teiniris it'll seem as if it's fighting against God. And that was their intention, which is a different interpretation. But the key idea is that they did not feel comfortable. They didn't like the fact that hu'yavur yonim, that God has the heavens and we have the earth. And uh, maybe that's why he caused the flood, because he controls the heavens. And so they wanted to break through to the heavens somehow or other, or at least have a symbol that they wanted to do so. This already is very suggestive, at least to me. Because Shemayim actually doesn't mean heavens. That's a common word we use. It's like an English word probably from the King James Bible. The heavens, of course, the a of Arts in the beginning, God created the Shemayim. doesn't mean the sky above us with the clouds but it means the metaphysical universe. This is the traditional Jewish understanding. The Ruchnius and then the Gashmius, the Shemayim and the Arts. The shemaim therefore means the metaphysical and the Arts means the physical, everything that's involved in, in physics and astronomy. And here we have a story in which we're told that the people at that time wanted to build something, which we call a migdal, at least in the text, this is a migdal, that can penetrate through the different zone that distinguishes between the physical and metaphysical. That's already weird. That's amazing. Um, What they were saying is, we do not like the division of the earth in which we live in a physical area, and although there's obviously a spiritual, metaphysical, all which were created by God, the fact that we are kept away from that is something we do not like. So basically, it's all a big metaphor for the fact they're saying we don't like the limitations on the human intellect. We want to be able to apprehend the metaphysical. We want to go beyond, beyond. And the human being is indeed t- created, but Selim Elohim, we're told. Those with extraordinary powers. So much so that God said at the, in the Garden of Eden, if they eat from this tree or that tree, who knows where they lead, they'll, 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 they'll have godlike powers, however you interpret that. In other words, it'll go beyond what I intend them to have. It's a little bit like the teaching that says, that uh, the ore, the first uh, ore that's created, the light that's created on the first day of creation was uh, Ganuz, was put away because the human race is not yet ready for it. Meaning, the human race, man as a creature, has unbelievable potential and can even penetrate between the physical and the metaphysical if he's not stopped. And that's not good because the human race isn't ready for this. And so we have, it seems, in the story of the Tarah something of a repetition of the story of the Garden of Eden, in which the humans organize themselves through united effort, united effort. If the human race puts all their efforts not into war and to violence, but rather concentrates all the best minds and their best efforts on breaking through from Gashmis to Ruchnias even, from the physical to the metaphysical, it's almost God, almost godlike. They can do it, and they're not ready for it, and the result will be an unbelievable scientific advance, as we would call it today, without the moral advance necessary to keep it in, in proper check. To use modern terminology, if everybody's able to create a, a, a gigantic weapon that makes the atomic bomb look like nothing, uh, that's not good because they will use it. We're morally not yet ready for that kind of knowledge, and the result would be total destruction. And so all Hashem has to do in the story is say, all I have to do is introduce discord, bring in the emotions. Let's let's give them different languages, and then they'll start to fight with each other, even though languages shouldn't be a basis for fighting. But what will result is that the human race will expend most of its energy and mutual destruction, and mutual uh, violence. And then they won't devote the time necessary to do the scientific advanced stuff. And that way, I can be sure that the human race will not get too far ahead of itself before it's ready to do so. If this is correct, what I just suggested, and it's only a suggestion, then the story of Tower of is indeed a coded story about attempts on the part of the human race long ago not to do something primitive to hold up the sky like in some kind of wizard of oz situation but to do something that's most unusual to use the mind in such a way to penetrate beyond and beyond things that you and i ordinarily think are impossible how can a human being get to to the heavens to the the metaphysical to to the spiritual world we're bound here in our bodies The teaching over here is that you're not. If there was a united effort, the human race wants to go to its full potential. The human mind and soul that's given to us has uh, limitless or seemingly limitless uh, powers, which are kind of dangerous. And long ago, steps were taken to make sure that there's enough discord among the human race to keep them busy instead of trying to unite in a grand attempt to storm the barriers that separate us from the appre- ascertaining, apprehending, rather, the, uh, the spiritual world. Um, this is, a, it seems to me, a very powerful story, and it goes to show you that when you read these uh, tales in uh, Braches and Noach and other places, on the surface level, it seems kind of... Uh, almost primitive, but when you get a little bit deeper into it, you see um, a a truly remarkable tale. At least that's what it seems to me. Thank you. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.com dot Rabbi